What's up, everyone? We're back for another episode of Locked On Bucks. And when I say we, we got the whole squad here today for this podcast. And we're going to be talking a little bit about Jordan War. We've briefly discussed him through the offseason, but we are getting to a time period now where they have to figure out what's going on. Eric Name outlined some of the options for the Bucks and for Jordan War. So we're going to get into that. And what about Rob Williams is going to miss the first potentially couple of months of the season with a knee issue that was bothering him through the postseason. So the Celtics, one of the biggest rivals for the Bucks. So we're going to get into the management or maybe mismanagement or what the Celtics are doing with Rob Williams. Let's get started. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. I'm your host, Kane Pittman. You can see and hear me on this show. I, I would say daily, but it's been a bit of a tough week. We can get into that in just a little bit. Uh, and alongside me for the Bucks Radio Network, Justin Garcia. And back on the pod for the first time in two or three weeks, Camille Davis just said, I'm taking an off-season. I don't care what you want me to do, Kane, because I've got no takes. Uh, Camille is back. Of course, we thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first listen. Uh, of every day and or first watch we should say on youtube as well but camille uh welcome back thanks it's 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 weird getting back into the groove of things um with euro basket come you know happening i was like i know frank's gonna you know come in here <laughs> and get his shine on for the euro basket and uh me and the husband just finished moving so you're like a little echo it's because we haven't put on things in this room yet so um it's been busy it's been busy so the the time off uh Time off, so to speak, the off season was definitely needed. Yeah, Frank is a is a glory hunter when it comes to the podcast game and Giannis big performances. There's no doubt about that. But don't worry about your sound because I'm in a hotel room right now. I've got this uh, mic that I was able to steal from a colleague for this purpose. So we're relying on hotel Wi-Fi. We're relying on this mic that I don't even know how it sounds or if anyone is, is if there's going to be any complaints. But bear with us. We're doing our best here. Justin, we've spoke though in the last couple of weeks and we're going to talk about Jordan Wara today. So as I mentioned, Eric Name wrote a story for The Athletic and there was a bunch of interesting info there, but really the most important piece of information and the most basic piece of information is the qualifying offer that the Bucks have had extended to Jordan Wara for months. Uh, that The deadline for those qualifying offers, it basically expires on October 1st. So this is coming up really soon what do you think is going to happen with jordan war oh boy you get to put me on the spot and i start this um yes we don't mess around i uh i legitimately don't know i mean it's weird because it's been so drawn out and you mentioned eric's story so there's a couple of details that we weren't even aware of in there about uh the timeline and the next steps for jordan war basically Till he signs, he can't do anything. So uh, you're probably not going to see him a week from Saturday when the preseason starts. They can extend the deadline. Uh, he can sign it. He can shop it elsewhere and sign with another team. But as 
we were talking about before we started recording. I mean, the unfortunate thing for Jordan Wara is if he's not in the Bucks' plans, I know we saw Dennis Schroeder just sign the other day, but Jordan Wara is not Dennis Schroeder that has that, you know, career that you can lean on and, and point to his ability to score at a high level more than just garbage time. So you wonder what that means for Jordan Wara this year and what the prospects are of potentially a guy that's like playing in the G League or doing something else and trying to catch on. I I can't say with confidence one way or another if he's going to be here uh, next year, if he's going to be elsewhere, if he's kind of in limbo, just because this whole process has been so weird. And I think what what complicates it even more is you know, we've seen Jordan Wara involved with the team throughout the offseason, that he was with Giannis in Greece for the premiere of the movie. Teammates were around him at Summer League. So the whole thing is just bizarre. Camille, it's I also think it's a little bit bizarre, but I'm also just a little bit surprised that not only have we not heard anything really in terms of a potential roster spot, we know the Bucks have one open roster spot right now, but mm-hmm. I'm still of the belief that they probably would like to enter the season with that roster spot open. But there's just been zero chatter about even any other team offering him any kind of deal. And because the Bucs have only extended the qualifying offer, it's not like it's going to take a lot if you wanted to offer Jordan Moore a two-year $10 million deal or something like that. And sure, people might say that that's you know, a, an overpay for a guy that hasn't played a lot in the NBA. But I'm just surprised that we haven't heard anything at all. Yeah, and I mean, Justin said it really well. And then you think about just how weird this offseason was, given the fact that, you know, Kevin Durant put in a trade request. So (laughs) Kevin Durant saga, although he didn't want to say, he said blame KD when I think it was Pat Bev called him out about it. But it really did dry up the trade market because all these other teams were trying to see where that domino would fall before they made moves. So it delayed a lot of unrestricted free agents getting signed. So if they were delayed, think about what it's doing for the guys who are on qualifying offers or restricted free agents where it's like you're already after the guys who are unrestricted. And now you have to also wait for this whole KD drama to play out. So um, it was a weird offseason in that aspect as well. And it just really changed the timeline for so many different contract signings, because normally you would think that you wouldn't see somebody like Dennis Schroeder getting signed a week before training camp. It would have happened already. You would have assumed so. I don't know what that says for Jordan War and his future. Um, as the last thing I heard was just John Horst when he spoke, I believe, with Eric Name talking about, you know, we like Jordan and, you know, we're going to figure out the best next steps for us and all of the GM speak that you would expect to hear. So, yeah, I have I have no idea. It's really a coin toss at this moment because, like you said, Kane, the Bucks tend to like to have that last roster spot open for that flexibility. So I don't I just don't see how I don't know how this is going to play out at all. All right, more Jordan Wara stuff in just a little bit because I think also some of the decisions that the Bucks made over the offseason made it really difficult to see that there was going to be a future in Milwaukee as well, just positionally. So we can discuss that in a little bit after we talk about uh, betonline.net, which is the number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. Uh, Camille, Packers this week, who are they playing? Uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Oh, interesting, interesting. We, well, you know, we're going to take care of the elderly is normally my uh, motto in life, but uh, not this week against the Bucks. If you're a uh, if you're a Packers fan, so find out all the latest football league developments, game matchups, news, and podcasts, including 
Uh, all the games that are coming up this weekend, and there's MLB, MMA, boxing, golf. And by the way, NBA preseason, speaking of that October 1 date, uh, that's when the Bucks are getting started in preseason as well. So we're about a week and a half away from games there. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. That's been online where the game starts. Uh, what do you think about this little bet online banner we had at the bottom there as well? Oh, I'll tell you what, fancy over thing. here now. Look what I done missed in two weeks. Uh, this is what happens, Camille, with locked on bucks. It's just the the advancements just continue to come. All right. So just from a roster point of view, so I thought, and maybe this has been a little bit simplistic, Justin, but I thought you draft Marjan Beauchamp at pick 24. Uh, then you sign Joe Ingles <laughs> a few weeks later and you've already got Jordan Wara. And, and we've discussed this. Without Chris Middleton, they were crying out for someone that could play on the wing and someone that had size in the postseason. And clearly Bud just didn't trust Jordan Wara to put him out on the floor um, for any meaningful minutes or meaningful moments, even in a series where the Bucks were desperate for offense. And this is the NBA skill that he has. So... I, I yeah, it might be simplistic, but I I just thought as soon as those two roster decisions were made, it was not looking good uh, for Jordan Moore. Well, and not to mention you bring back Wesley Matthews. You already have Chris yeah. Middleton, and I do. Uh, I don't think it tells the whole story, but it is kind of interesting that uh, Marjan Bochamp was drafted with a first round pick, and he is basically the polar opposite of Jordan Wara. We're same size and frame essentially, but. He is going to be known for his defense, and you hope he can give you offense. Whereas, you know, with Jordan Moore, it's not just him. It's a, a handful of the young guys we talked about the last few years that I'm sure people get sick of hearing it, but it remains true. I mean, you could score 40 points a night, and if you don't know your defensive assignments and don't rebound and don't do things besides score, you're going to do that for two or three games before Bud just doesn't trust you, and that's – you know, I, I don't think it's a matter of Jordan is just a terrible defensive player that doesn't try. We've seen him put in that effort, uh, but it's not his strong suit. And that's ultimately what's holding him back with this particular team and his role there. We've seen, and it's clearly changed more and more over the last you know, five to six seasons, whatever time period you want to play. But as teams have tried to stack up on the wings, they can shoot is, is one thing that's obviously needed, but you have to be able to defend and, I'm not it's not it's not a perfect comparison, but think of a guy like Jabari Parker, who we saw as well, who is as talented as anyone offensively, Camille, but he couldn't even stick in the league now. There was obviously some health stuff there as well. But that's a pretty extreme example. And Jordan Wara at the moment kind of feels like he's in that bracket. Yeah, I I mean Jabari, didn't he come out later on when he left the bucks? Some I don't get paid to play defense. Like, yeah. like I'm here to get buckets and buckets will be got. And um, I mean, it just doesn't fit right now. And to think about Jabari Parker, who I was actually just recently thinking about, because while we were moving, I found I have a signed Jabari Parker jersey. I was like, oh, I didn't even realize I had this. So I got to figure out where to hang that. Um, but it, it it's very similar to Jordan in that aspect. But at least Jordan is somebody who was like trying to put in that effort. Um, Jabari himself just said, like, I don't mm. do that. Like, this is yeah, not what true. you what He you said got. it, and it was evident when you watched him play as well. <laughs> yeah, he said what we saw. And at least Jordan is someone who's like, I'm trying to improve. Like, 
he mentioned it during the season when he was getting playing time. And he's like, if the guys come back healthy, you know, and I'm not able to sustain this, then like I didn't make the progress I was hoping for. But if I'm able to still get minutes while these guys come back, then, you know, it is like I, I've done something here. And as we saw, the minutes stopped coming when guys got healthy. And when you look at the additions that the Bucks made this offseason, as you mentioned already, I would see those guys getting playing time above him. And we've talked about it before where there are people saying like, Bud doesn't play young guys, but like Bud plays defense. That's why Dante got a lot of minutes. He was trusted off the bench, even though there were times where it felt like he couldn't make a layup or, you know, whatever the case may be with Dante, he was able to do so much else to affect the game that Bud trusted him, you know, over someone who was just going out there to get buckets. So I feel like uh, Marjan fits into that camp that, you know, that Dante camp of like, you're probably going to get some playing time if you're able to play defense. And he was projected as somebody coming into the league with, you know, NBA ready defense. So um, I, I just, again, I don't really see a role for Jordan and for Jordan himself. I'm sure at this point in his career, he's looking for a chance to prove himself, a chance to play. Um, and if that's not with Milwaukee, I could also see him trying to figure out a way to get somewhere where he is able to play, but, it's getting late. The The calendar is turning um, next week. Saturday is already October 1st. It's time is going. So I'm not exactly sure how that's going to play out for him, but we'll see. Yeah, I think it's actually, and you make a good point. We should, <laughs> when I make the Jabari comparison, I, I should say that, yeah, I don't think that effort has ever been a problem with Jordan War. It's like some guys just have, because it's not just, Physically, what guys can do, you have to be smart as well. Um, And clearly, you know, throughout, that's been a a learning process in terms of defensively what the Bucs are asking him to do. But yeah, I don't think it was a lack of effort. But this is, we talk about it all the time, depending on where you get drafted to, uh, maybe the opportunities are there or the rope is a lot shorter. And in a situation in Milwaukee, it's been a pretty short rope for for Jordan Warra so far. And also remember, he's a second round pick. Mm -hmm. Uh, But he has real NBA skills. So I'm thinking about Jordan War, Justin, and you know, we talk about the opportunities he has to play somewhere. I don't know where the NBA roster spots are open right now. If he went to the G League, this guy's just going to average 25 points a night. Yeah, 30, minimum. Really? Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, we know that he would dominate from offensive standpoint at that league. I wonder if that's if that's what ends up happening or he, he goes overseas. I'm not sure. I mean, hopefully he sticks in the NBA, but it is just so close to the season that uh, there's already a lot of guys battling in training camp for spots, not just at the Bucks, but across the league. So it's uh, I don't, for a guy that has genuine NBA skill, it's just a weird spot to be in because there is far worse players that are in training camps right now across the league. Yeah, and I mean, really, you would think about young teams. I mean... He's another guy, too, that you know, we saw it quite a bit last year. I wonder how much it changes this year because uh, it's going to be interesting to monitor league-wide how much of a reset year this is where it's the first year not impacted by COVID and not just with health and safety procedures or protocols, we think and hope, but uh, the first year that hasn't had that ripple effect. We, obviously, 2020 was thrown to pieces with everything that happened, but then 2021 and the ensuing short off season, the same for this past year that we finally got back to a full off season and it feels like a normal year. So you think back to last year and the year prior as well, with all of the guys that you would see cycled through and signing 10 day deals or short-term deals or catching on with a team for a little bit, 
because of all the injuries and health and safety protocols that were occurring. And I wonder how much of that is going to be absent this year. And that's another thing that would really, uh, assuming he's not with the Bucks, that would really benefit Jordan Wara. And that may be gone. So you start to look at some young teams where, you know, you have enough of some wiggle room that you can say, okay, well, just see what he can do and how much of this scoring translates. But, you know, to your point, there's not really a whole lot off the top of my head where he would really be an ideal fit or that have the roster space. And when you think about the teams like the Pistons, who may knows, who knows, they may be trying to win this year. And of course the Thunder are a team that to me is just like, they want no part of Jordan Wara because they know he's going to score and try and win. And that's not what they want to do. So it just complicates the the situation for Jordan Wara even more when, as we all said, it's, it's going to be October and, you know, there's just not a whole lot of teams that have open roster spots. And the other part is Jordan Wara plays a spot where those teams are there already have somebody that's on the wing and that's their primary score, or he's going to be lost in the shuffle with them. So this is just, you know, it's kind of the under the radar. Oh yeah, that is kind of interesting. And I didn't think about that story, not only for the bucks, but uh, to a smaller extent, it's certainly not on the level of Kevin Durant off season and what's going on with the Celtics, but it's one of those interesting, Oh yeah, maybe we should pay more attention to what's going to go on here with this guy and with this team. So speaking of uh, those replacement players and the COVID stuff that was going on last season, the, the reason why I'm in a hotel room is because I'm in Darwin. And if you don't know where Darwin is, have a look on a map. But it's if I'm looking like I'm a bit disheveled and sweaty, <laughs> it is just disgusting up here. It is so damn hot. And I have not been in weather like this for a long time. So it's been a long few days. But we, uh, we have been doing media days for all the teams in the Australian League, uh, which meant I caught up with our friend Justin Robertson yesterday, and we were talking about uh, his time with the Bucks and how that went for him and just the situation of being pulled in, and all of a sudden he was playing every single night, which we saw for around a month there. So, yeah, last season was super weird, but we'll move on from Jordan Moore, so let us know. Uh, I think, in general, the responses are pretty varied when it comes to Jordan. Some people love him, some people are... You know, on the fence, they're not they're not too fast, but let us know what you think the Bucks should do. And I guess the big question is, would you use the final roster spot on Jordan Wara? Because I guess that's kind of the decision that needs to be made here uh, in the next few weeks if they want him to stay with the Bucks. Elsewhere, we've been speaking a lot about injury management and Giannis, and he's been well, he will always be carrying some knee soreness and some knee stuff. We saw it through Eurobasket. I would say that the Greek national team, in cooperation with the Bucks, ran a pretty conservative you know, minutes uh, total for Giannis and missed a few games as well. So I think overall we were pretty happy with that. The Boston Celtics, Camille, I'm not sure where they fit in this scale. And we understand once you get to the NBA playoffs, guys play through stuff. Again, to come back to Giannis, we saw him play through something pretty extreme Mm -hmm. but it's always interesting when you see the message come from the team that well we were okay with him playing because we didn't think the injury could get any worse now that was what the Bucks said with Giannis and that's what Giannis said and it's the NBA finals and it works out they win a title he's a hero forever 
the Celtics were chasing the same thing with Rob Williams, but I would say that the biggest difference with him, and it looks like he's going to miss four to six weeks, um, getting a, a bit of a, a knee clean out, I think is probably the best way to explain it, but he looked terrible in the postseason last year at times when he was out there and playing and they pushed through it. So this is now, a bl- it's only the start of the season, but this is still a blow for the Celtics. It is. And when you think about that knee, knees are, are can be tricky. It's it's one of those injuries where you don't, as an NBA player, you don't a want to man. have problems with your knee. And as a big man, on top of that too. And when you look at his, I mean, when he came back for the playoffs, he came back a little early because he wanted to make sure that he was available for his team, which, I mean, that's a decision between him and the team doctors and the coaching staff and everyone over there. So he came back. There were games even during the playoffs where he couldn't play. So he would take a few games off, come back, take a few games off, come back. And as you mentioned, when he was on the court, he didn't look like he did pre-injury. He wasn't able to affect the game the same way. And now that you hear, you know, a couple weeks before NBA training camps are kicking off and everything that he had to go get the procedure done. And when you think of all that his knee has been through over the last few months in the playoffs, because at one point they were talking about it's a bruise on his knee again. And then I think it was during the heat series where it was revealed that he was getting fluid drained off of his knee uh, more regularly. So you're hearing all these different things and you're like, okay, well, it's been quiet about him this off season. So, I mean, one would assume like, okay, maybe he needed to rest <laughs> drop his knee. And whenever these types of reports come out, I always wonder one, like, was it a thing where they were trying rest first and they see it's, it's just not working. So at this point we need to take you back under, let's clean this up and then see what that happens. Or was it thing like, you know, it just popped up again. Like it's, it's hard to know from the outside looking in, but it doesn't sound good for him. Um, at this moment, you would hope that, you know, especially as a Celtics fan or just somebody who, you know, has some type of care for, you know, other players, that it's nothing that's going to hinder him, you know, throughout the rest of his career. So you hope that him coming back early in the playoffs was something that was going to change the trajectory of his career. Like an Isaiah Thomas, um, when he came back early, tried to play through some things and just never was quite the same um, thereafter again. Isaiah Thomas, far smaller than Rob Will is. So um, you just got to hope for the best with something like that, and especially the history that he's had with that knee over the last few months and what he tried to play through. Yeah, Alonzo Ball is one that Justin brought up as well a little earlier. I mean, he's been really dealing with stuff for a while now. But uh, to your point about the rest, and this is so funny with injuries because we can all be critical from where we sit, but you don't know what the, the management plan is and the period of time, uh, we spoke about Chris Milliton similarly, where you know, there was some criticism from fans that, well, if he had a wrist problem, why didn't you fix it when he was already out with the knee and those types of things? And now, as as far as certainly what I've heard from you know, people that are on the ground reporting, I think Zach Lowe in his podcast said that something along the lines of that he does expect that Chris won't be back for the start of the regular season. I don't think that's a huge shock. We've discussed that at length, but it sounds like that might be the case. Uh, but also, as you were just talking, Camille, I did think to myself, uh, probably shouldn't be too critical given that last year Brooke Lopez played one game <laughs> and then missed 70, Justin, which I don't think we've ever heard uh, why that was the case. Was it just to get him through ring night? I think it's still a big mystery. Um, that's a good question. Um, the... Some of the points that Camille made, it's spot on with the Robert Williams thing. And look, part of you wonders too, if you're the player, if it's, 
I'm not dealing with training camp. So like, <laughs> I'll have this now. I mean, the four to six week timeline means best case scenario. And he came back. That was the same timeline as she mentioned for the meniscus last year. And he came back after three and a half, four weeks. So he came back on the early end. If he does the same thing, that would put you in line with the season starting where maybe you miss a couple of games. I'm inclined to think if he has to have the knee scoped and cleaned up after the issues with the meniscus, and then you know, we remember him missing games in the Bucks series, which probably changed the course of the series too. The Bucks played them a lot better with Robert Williams on the floor, hmm. uh, but he was clearly in discomfort, as you mentioned, how he looked physically, that there is something there. And I know they're given the four to six week timeline, but if this is cleaning something up, you have to be more cautious with him, especially early in the season that this could be longer than that. And then you have to question, I think a lot of us maybe thought or assumed Celtics are probably going to have the best record in the East because they're still a good team. They made the addition of Malcolm Brogdon. They seem like the team that's going to come out and try to prove, yeah, we're a different team than the one that lost in the finals and and we want to make a statement. But all of a sudden, Gallinari is out basically for the year. You don't know when Rob Williams is going to be back and whether or not that's going to be six weeks or more if it's early again. I still have some questions about what Al Horford is going to look like. So they go from this team that I think we're thinking is a potential juggernaut and the number one seed again to are there suddenly questions about the Boston Celtics and what does that mean for the rest of the Eastern Conference? There's questions about everyone, Justin, which is exactly (laughs) what gets us through a season of podcasting. Uh, And I did say that there wasn't much to discuss with the Bucs this offseason, not a huge amount of moves. And we've had the big Jordan War episode, which we knew was coming at some point. So I'm glad we got to this in uh, late September. Potentially, we may not have had the big Jordan Wara episode if something happens in the next, you know, 13 days. I thought you were about to say in the next 30 minutes. I better get this podcast up quick (laughs) before it's outdated and absolutely no one uh, wants to listen to this. But I'm about to get kicked out of this hotel room. So I'm calling it there. Uh, Do let us know, though, as I said, the the Jordan Wara in question is, is at least interesting at this point of year, I remember last year they went into the season with that roster spot open and rotated a few few guys, including old friend Greg Munro. So uh, it's it's probably the way I would be leaning. But again, this is a guy that has real NBA skill. So I'm curious to see what the fans think they should do with Jordan Warwick. Camille, Justin, uh, a pleasure as always. Thank you for accommodating me in my very minimal time frame I gave you today on short notice. Uh, make sure you check out Locked On NBA as well. Uh, there's a bit going on around the league. You mentioned the Thunder before, Justin. SGA looks like he's got some knee stuff going on. So is that uh, actually an injury? Who knows? Um, who knows what the Thunder are up to? But anyway, listen to Locked On NBA. They'll have you covered with everything going on around the league. And my plan is to do another podcast tomorrow. So with a bit of luck, I'll be traveling from a different hotel room. I'll speak to you guys then.